Welcome to the Environmental Leadership Chronicles podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Environmental Professionals. In this episode, we feature Anne-Marie Cox, Marketing Manager and Cultural Resource Specialist with Pangis. She provides geodatabase development for cultural and historical resources, data analysis and report writing, environmental compliance services, artifact curation, marketing, public outreach, and advocacy. She has served as California Archaeology Month Coordinator for the Society for California Archaeology and is a California Project Archaeology Facilitator and California Site Steward for CASSP. Anne-Marie has close to 30 years of experience in the cultural resource management field, including conducting archaeological field surveys, archaeological site recording, testing, construction monitoring, and laboratory work. Um, This includes prehistoric and historic artifact identification, cataloging, and analysis. We hope you enjoy hearing from Anne-Marie. Hi, I'm Jessa. And I'm Laurel. And today's guest is Anne-Marie Cox. Thank you so much for being with us. You are our first archaeologist on the AEP podcast. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. And um, let's start by sharing how you're connected to AEP. Okay. Um, as you introduced me as an archaeologist, um, I will then defer in my role as a marketing manager for Pangis. Um, I was tasked with um, locating organizations, um, societies, affiliations that would be in line with Pangis um, and the services. And so I did some research and AEP came up and um, I looked at the calendar of events, uh, both uh, past, um, current and future, um, reviewed the newsletter, um, the larger, I believe, journal journal or periodical for the state. And I was quite impressed. It was not exactly um, the vernacular, um, the topics that I was familiar with, but I knew they were definitely in line with Pangis services. Therefore, I promoted um, membership to AEP to um, Alice Booster, the owner of Pangis. And um, after that, we became involved. We attended um, the scholarship and awards nights. Um, um, We attended an event at a brewery. And I say events because, you know, I I don't quite remember, but I always remember the, the, the venue, the location. Um, we went to a D-cell, um, a tour of the D-cell at Carlsbad and um, just felt welcomed, um, walked away with new knowledge um, and um, um, just new friends and, and definitely emails and business cards back in the day, right, when we passed those out. Then um, I must say my, my favorite events were when I participated in the resume workshops and I walked into a room full of, of young, to me, individuals with um, paper in hand. And at first, I was a bit intimidated. These individuals were going for positions that um, I was somewhat unfamiliar with. But thankfully, I had a daughter who had attended Chico with a geography degree and had a, a certificate in urban and rural planning. So I knew the GIS um, components to planning. Um, but... At first, I was, again, intimidated, and I was like, oh, this looks really good. Maybe you don't want to do this. Um, But several resumes later, I understood that that is not my role there. And um, there was one particular young lady who had a very powerful 
project that she did for a city. At the city's request, they came to her university and requested this, um, I believe an EIA, it was the last item on the second page because she wasn't paid for it. And I said, ah. is this not what you wanna do? Big red circle, right? And I just put it right up at the top. We talked about that. Um, don't relegate non-paid work that you want to be paid for on the last item on the second page. So important. Great advice. So that um, that's the AEP, and I continue to uh, marvel at how accomplished um, um, and you've um, been able to do all of this um, during during these times. So AEP. Great plug. <laughs> Couldn't ask for anything better than that. And I think, you know, Amory, we're really interested in speaking with you and about your career path and how you have found yourself at Pangis as a cultural resource manager and marketing manager. And, you know, what you were just saying, I think highlights the one of the various paths in the industry that you can find yourself in a career when you're looking at a lot of these acronyms and terms where you're unfamiliar with it, despite all these years of experience, because the industry is so varied. And so we want to hear your story. Like how, tell us about your background and your experience and, uh, and how you got into archeology. span Well, Jessa, thank you. Um, um, as a child, um, I, like many children, um, um, I wanted to be an archeologist. And fortunately I had, um, at the time I had a stepdad who was very involved um, in my life. And I appreciated that very much. And he pointed out um, when I was, was a young child, um, CEQA. And I remember being out on um, one of the many, many hikes um, would be on. And he said to me, I could have a career in archeology span because now there was CEQA. And um, he knew what it meant. He was the adult in this um, situation. Um, but all I heard was I could be an archeologist. And um, therefore um, I thought about what an archeologist was um, and what aspects of archeology span that I was excited about. And it wasn't um, the route I believe all um, others perhaps were in. I can only speak for myself, but it wasn't so much the discovery of um, the artifacts, um, the digging, the sifting, the measuring, the strata. It was um, the interpretation. Um, how, how do items, um, how are they procured in order to be displayed and interpreted at museums? And who gets to interpret these um, artifacts and collections? Um, you go to a museum as a child, I saw the best of the best, perhaps. Um, things were pristine, things were clean, things were perfect. And I wondered, what about the other things, the broken things, the not so pretty things, which I think was a lot for a child. Um, but I was very focused on um, what, what, what is saved, what is salvaged, and what is discarded. And um, so it wasn't the discovery. I didn't want to go out and, and find it. I wanted someone to do all of that and then give it to me so that I could tell the public, this is an artifact, this is what it means. Um, and this is why you should care. And, um, and that's, that was my path. 
So I went into the curation aspect of archaeology um, for years prior to actually being um, boots on the ground, as um, they, they, they say. Um, and I learned um, to where I was um, monitoring and surveying and do, doing compliance work. So that's, that was my travels, um, somewhat um, in the reverse order of the archaeological record. Um, going from from interpretive to discovery. And I think you're spot on with your assumption that it is uncommon. And I was one of those children who said, I want to be an archaeologist. And in my mind, that meant going to find pyramids and exploring and looking for artifacts and being, you know, that's just what I thought a date and the life was like. <laughs> uh, when I seriously started looking into a career in that field, um, through you, Emory, actually as a volunteer with the San Diego Archaeological Center, I realized, oh, I am uh, very mistaken in what a career looks like. And so I love, love, love the fact that you, especially like you said, as a child, were looking at these pieces and the interpretive side of it, I think is so interesting because I didn't even think about that until you said it right now, to be honest. So I'm like, oh yeah, there's this whole other storytelling and and discovery aspect to that side of it. So I find it very fascinating. Well, you were there, Jessa. Um, you, you were part of that integral um, um, storyline, as you said, because you were able to um, sit at a table, staff a table with me at events and, and, and um, not tell people what, what archaeology was. You remember, Jessa, we, we, did inquiry. We asked, you know, what do you think it is? And why do you think this is what you think archaeology is? Because what you do is you find their, their, uh, it's a scaffolding. Um, I learned this in Project Archaeology. Um, it's find out what their basis of knowledge is and then build on it. So you know archaeology, what, what, do you, what is archaeology? And they say what it is, and then you build on it. You don't refute it. Um, in so much as you walk around it, it's history, it's, um, it's uh, dinosaurs, you find what they know, and then you begin to, um, I, I guess, educate them on actually the, the concepts, I guess, the fundamentals of archaeology, as well as the ethics of archaeology. So you know, um, people know, uh, I've always said, people know a lot about us. They, they know a lot about a subject they know little about. Oh, archaeology, I love it. I know it's this. Um, so you got them at that. You, 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 you know, archaeology is a natural hook. Um, but um, I found what I did in archaeology at the ARC Center was uh, educating the public, again, on what archaeology is, um, what it isn't necessarily, but the vast um, career opportunities that um, are embedded in the discipline of archaeology. Um, you could have a student um, there and maybe they don't, uh, um, they're not maybe into the, the vocabulary and such. The boy put pen to paper or pencil to paper and they've got, they've literally replicated an artifact on a piece of paper and you're like, oh, there you go, illustrator, artifact illustrator. <laughs> um, empowering them, right? scientific literacy, vocabulary, um, again, building on what they know and um, certainly expanding 
as Justin knows, always creating um, an opportunity for um, a takeaway, whether it's pinch pots or cordage or um, a rock art lesson. So um, yes, educating the public on um, archaeology was um, and still is my passion. I didn't even know that an artifact illustrator was a job until you just said it. And I've been in the industry for like 14 years. Can I can I say who can I mention someone who did not know they were an artifact illustrator until they became an award-winning paid artifact illustrator? Yeah. Donna Walker. Props for Donna Walker. She was a volunteer. She is a volunteer at the Art Center. Oh, who did who knew? And and now she, well, she's award-winning. And um, so yes, an artifact illustrator. And and that's so amazing that you're sitting there and you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is your gift. This is your professional gift to the world. You were a part of that real-time discovery. <laughs> exactly. I, I thought so because um, uh, and then of course and in, in my marketing position now, I have to say when you see proposals where um, you need a ceramic expert, you know, I look at Alice and I'm like, I'm no expert in ceramics, but I know someone. Um, oh, we need an artifact illustrator. Donna comes in on the proposal. Um, um, geotechnical, Nori Robbins. It's like, I remember thinking six degrees of separation is five too many. Um, <laughs> my fear was that i would actually have to do some of these tasks versus oh let me get them you know you want me to email them um because the idea was surrounding myself with all of the knowledge um, again in the archaeological discipline um has served not only me well in my um my career but also in my ability to mentor um uh, younger uh, potential up-and-coming archaeologists to um, be able to introduce them to uh, women definitely in um, varied archaeological positions whether again it's a ceramic expert an artifact illustrator a crew chief a lab you know a lab uh, uh paleopantology the idea is to collect people in in archaeological disciplines and so that you're never caught short when you are trying to assist someone else younger and they just want to be an archaeologist too ever since they were a little kid that's all I <laughs> one of the things that's so important to me everybody wants to be Indiana Jones exactly yes. and um one point you said that resonates super strongly with me is you're collecting um, like a Rolodex, if you will, of of professionals and experts in in various specialties within the archaeological industry. So even like specialized specialists. Mm -hmm. And that has been for me also a really good value add to my career is because I do not have all the answers. And I'm so glad that I don't have to have all the answers. Who wants to be in that responsibility? But somebody you know does. Mm -hmm. And through AEP and through the Rolodex that you collect over time of human beings that, that have specific gifts, 
you call on those people and that's that's your value add when you go into proposals for clients or when you go to collect a team within a prof professional org organization or a business or when you're going out to do business development you're like okay i can assemble these particular people for this particular yes, project yeah. so as a marketing manager um walk us through um, an example of one of the most rewarding or fun experiences of pulling a proposal or pulling a team together and winning a project oh winning <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe winning on your internally maybe not winning externally spoken like a true marketing person who's done one too many proposals <laughs> i i have i want to i want to uh not a joke the um one of the most rewarding proposals I have worked on um, for Pianges and of course with Alice side by side, um, even more so she's the decision maker, um, was a project involving water. And in California, it's already controversial, just say the word water in your proposal um, title. So pulling together a team for that, being able to reach out to, again, um, geotechnical um, um, tribal liaisons, which was, which is of most importance, um, particularly for this project, excuse me, um, being able to um, bring in, again, the experts uh, for FERC, like who knew FERC, and we do, and um, being able to assemble ethnographers um for these very extensive uh water projects in the state of california we did not win this project and i actually became discouraged because i thought oh it's too controversial and i was encouraged by a small business office located in northern california who said amarie are you are you thinking that you're going to be a problem to this project or a solution to this project? And he said, I would hope you would think you were a solution. And with that said, we made, we, um, it was a go. And um, we submitted the proposal because again, he said, you can be a, a solution to this perceived um, project um, challenge. Um, and Pam just did not win. I crunched the numbers and I know one of the issues is this was a Northern California project and we are located here in Southern California. We need offices in Northern California. That was the determination. It was a matter of very, very, very few dollars. So I believe we put up a very good proposal. Yeah, and that's such a great learning opportunity. Uh, we're all gonna not win or fail or whatever the word is for it. I, I think, I think in this case you did win because you you garnered this industry knowledge and uh, the strategic move to potentially open offices in Northern California to pursue the the project work that is fulfilling and meaningful and yeah. exciting. Yeah, and that like you don't know that until you try. Yes, yes. And, and again, it was an encouragement um, and to follow up to some wins, having some recent um, Army Corps projects on the beautiful Columbia River um, was, um, again, um, 
I guess, a victory for someone who came in from a nonprofit background and for someone, um, you know, for Alice in a for-profit firm to say, I understand you've come from a nonprofit. We hired you to do this particular um, uh, GIS project. That's over. We'd like to keep you. And recognizing you know a lot of people, Anne-Marie, you understand a lot about the archaeological process um, and taking a chance on me um, and then expanding my, you know, my um, task to marketing. Um, she took a huge risk on hiring someone with my um, through the back door, exit front door um, path. And I can't thank her enough because, again, exciting, exciting um, work. Even the well, compliance work that I conduct is exciting and motivating and purposeful. And oftentimes I, I, I've heard younger say, oh, compliance, it's not real archaeology. And um, now that I'm in the field, um, I, I, I disagree. It's, it's real, it's valid. And most important is when I'm, again, collaborating with a Native American monitor um, on the Cuyamacas, you know, up in Rancho Cuyamaca, I, I, I believe, you know, my path um, led me to be there and to fully understand why I'm there. So, I so love that. And I mean, that's one of my favorite things about you. Well, um, you just like highlighted all of it that you know everything and everyone. I just <laughs> say, you don't know, you know a lot, you know a lot. And like you said, if you don't know it, you know someone who does. And I think just shout out to Alice, uh, founder, owner of Pangis, for keeping an open mind and finding, you know, we talk about finding the gems and you. So if you, for example, would to have, were to have applied to this job that was posted with a resume, it probably wouldn't have lined up. The bullet points wouldn't have aligned. However, Alice is like, you have the skills I need. We just need to maybe reframe some of the approaches and you're going to excel and shine in this role. And, you know, marketing is a lot of networking and knowing who exists to help you solve these problems and find solutions to these project challenges. So I just, I love that, that Alex, or sorry, Alex, oh my gosh, Alice had an, you know, this creative open mind. And, yeah. um, and so can you tell us a little bit, so have you formally studied archeology? span Well, I have, um, I finally ultimately earned a um, BA at San Diego State. And um, I can, I can um, tell you that um, I listened to another one of your podcasts and um, Claudia's story was very inspiring and similar in that um, it took me a while. Um, I made good decisions and then I did make, I made life skill decisions, um, get a job, pay rent. And so um, entering um, back into the um, academia to finish up my degree at San Diego State. Oh, gosh. I remember going to um, this, the financial advisor at San Diego State and this, this young man was in there and I was just weeping. Mm, I'm out of money, I'm out of time. And this woman came in and she's like, you know what, I'm gonna take this one. And he got up and he left and she sat down. She's like, really, you're out of money, you're out of time. 
I said, I'm 28. <laughs> so she, she, <laughs> um, she said, okay, yeah, not a problem. And then um, I went to San Diego State and then I was able to take a course with Ashley Phillips who set me up with Grace Johnson um, in an internship at the uh, Museum of Us, um, then not titled that. And that particular internship set me up for my first career position because the first thing they asked was, what did you do at the Museum of Man and can you do that here? And um, it was all about, um, well, finishing up my, my, uh, my BA at San Diego State, not to, to negate anything, I, I, my, uh, my community college experience at Bakersfield College was awesome, phenomenal. Um, I believe it was at that point where I did understand, no, I don't want to be in the field because I was doing field school. Um, and, um, but having these women in these positions, career positions that then led me to um, being hired at the Vista Historical Society. This wonderful woman called me on a Monday and said, you're hired. We've never ran a museum. You've never ran a museum. Let's run a museum together. Fast forward, Lynn Christensen, the San Diego Archaeological Center is going to move out to the San Pasquale Valley. Hooked me up, Cindy Stankowski, executive director, collaborated for 11 years. Um, then Alice, you know, I've, I've had exceptional women the entire way and I've never turned my back on an inquiry from a, a younger, uh, ARC student or a potential ARC student, um, because no one turned their back on me. So you, you hear it here on the, the environmental leadership chronicles. That's what leadership is, is the community helping each other, making those connections, introducing, trying new things, going for it, giving it a go, and bringing people in and just constantly professionals supporting each other, entrepreneurs supporting each other. And before you know it, you work on a project and a role is created so that you can stay with that company. Basically, a role is created and you, yes. you jump in on it and you're open and I, another shout out to Alice, you know, woman owned business. It's, it is, um, a lovely example. It's a lovely example of how, when you support women, beautiful businesses happen and beautiful yeah. relationships happen. Thank yes, you well. for, for sharing that with us. Cause I, we actually in the environmental industry, it seems like through AEP, we've got a very healthy, robust uh, number of women in the industry. It's kind of like a, it's really fun to see women in leadership, especially on the AEP state board and the chapter boards and professionals all around the state. And I just want to applaud these women-owned businesses in the environmental consulting industry that are doing exactly that. They've got these cultures that they set up to attract the right people. And, and then, you know, you can make a position fit that right person, and then you can kind of just expand together. Yes, yes. And uh, it did not go unnoticed, the leadership of AEP, um, uh, the female leadership. Um, I, I don't know if I was like, oh, so I don't, I can honestly say I wasn't, oh, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, I've seen female leadership through um, my entire life. 
um, my, you know, parenting at the PTA level, it was, it was rare that we had a, a male actually come into PTA. Um, shout out to Ray, but um, I, I've seen it. Um, I've been surrounded by it my whole life. Um, and um, so I, I wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, you know, it delights me. Yeah, it does delight me. And you also mentioned in your story about the Museum of Man, um, which is in San Diego County and recently updated the name to the Museum of Us, which is a a signal, I I feel, to the to the world (laughs) that um, we're more open and more diverse. And and I I also want to applaud that from the AEP side, it aligns with our, our DEI initiative and work to to acknowledge those types of changes that have going that are going on have you witnessed any other uh well were you a part of that change do you have you seen any other types of change that have gone from slightly myopic to more open in in our industry um wow that that's really that's deep um i i understand that women have been making changes throughout time and we've been underscored. Um, sometimes it's um, it becomes somebody else's idea. And I'm encouraged again by the number of women that um, are in the environment, not only in the environmental field, but who take leadership. And I took note at the ARC Center, um, the consulting firms that had women in their in leadership roles. Um, decision-making, um, the PI level, and um, it, it, it didn't go unnoticed um, when I saw firms expanding and, at, and, and as they should be elevating more and more women. Then I go into the field and I understand it, it's not always that same representation. Um, I would like to see more women um, crew chiefs, I'd like to, like Isidore, um, Isabel Cordova, I can't believe I messed her name up, Isabel Cordova, uh, my first crew chief took me out, um, handed me the trimble, said, do it. Um, I, 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 I think I, w- I wish I could see that. And again, I think it's advantageous that I, I came in at, as I did, or I might have thought it was a norm to be expected. And now I'd like to see, um, there's, there's no, um, there's no absence of female archaeologists out there, boots on the ground, the compliance field that I'm working in now, but I don't see a lot of the crew chiefs or the, the people answering the end of the phone, um, women. It's, it's better for some firms and not so much for other firms. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see, um, I understand leadership PI roles. But um, when I when my POC is a is a female, um, big smile, yeah, <laughs> big smile. I, I agree. And uh, when I was in university in my environmental ethics class, it was sort of this aha moment where we were taught that environmentalism is feminism and feminism is environmentalism. And you really can't be an environmentalist without being a feminist, and you really can't be a feminist without being an environmentalist. And that that concept has has always stuck with me, and I do feel very encouraged and supported by the AEP organization as as I am a female and in a leadership role at at the organization. And it was um, never 
an uphill battle that I didn't create for myself, meaning I didn't have like external people trying to get in my way or key, or prevent me from being in these roles. I actually had people like Mindy Fogg and um, Connie Dobrova and, and everybody that's on the AP board being like, Laurel, join us at the state level, join us at the state level. Like, let's do this. Let's, let's leverage your, your energy and your passion. And you've reminded me when I'm thinking back in my mind of all the cultural resources specialists I've worked with in my career are all female. Oh, good. That's good. They are. Good. Donna Beto at the County of San Diego. Yeah. Um, Gay Hillard, before she left, she was at the County of San Diego in, in another department. And, um, all these other consultants that I would review when I worked at the at the County of San Diego, they were all female, and I did not recognize that until just now. Well, that's that's very encouraging, um, and and I know those women, um, and I applaud them. And I too, after twenty you know plus years, uh, I know that there are there's one particular young. Um, a woman who is in a uh, decision-making uh, leadership role, I think. Um, actually, there's two at Caltrans. I'm going to drop that. I remember these young women. They, they, the first, the first thing they did was have um, the passion to want to go into archaeology. The second decision was um, they made a phone call, or it could have been an email. But either way, I met them. And, and now I, I couldn't be more proud. And there are, there are other women um, in roles uh, throughout San Diego and elsewhere. And um, gosh, I'm so proud of them because mm -hmm. I remember when all they wanted to do was to be an archeologist and they are, and they're doing different things. Like they're at Caltrans, utilities, FIPO offices, um, you know, um, their PIs. They're everywhere. They're doing what they want to do. They're archaeological illustrators. Um, and that that is my, uh, when I see on LinkedIn that so-and-so is now a planner for Caltrans, oh. Yay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I want to also do a shout out to Caltrans. They have 12 AEP memberships throughout the state of California so that that um, 12 people at any given time can go to go to AEP events and get their latest education and, and updates. And I'm so proud to have public agencies a part of the organization so that it's this free flow of information sharing and the best of the best get the information they need right, right at their fingertips. And yes, yeah. thank you. And, and I also want to share that in 2022 AEP will be launching a mentorship program where we can match people like you Anne Marie with youngins um, or not so youngins who are looking for connections and advice and I I want to celebrate and honor you for being such a giver in this community and being so supportive and I want to talk to you forever and ever and ever amen Good however I I think we're and ready for our wrap up rapid five, Jessa, unless you have another. I have one digression before you wrap up. I cannot um, end this without asking you what is the coolest artifact that you've come across or found had in the arc center. Please share. Well, okay, <laughs> quickly I'll do, I'll do uh, two. There is, uh, there is one particular artifact at the arc center that, um, 
was discovered um, on a local military um, installation um, on the surface. Um, and this uh, young Marine thought enough um, to pick it up and, and not just let it lie there in order for it potentially to be um, destroyed. Um, I have changed minds with that artifact, Jessa. Um, not, I've had, you know, individuals come in with parents or SOs or friends who they don't get it. They don't get it. I put that artifact in that person's hand. Not the person that wants to be the archaeologist. They get it. That person looks to me, looks to the friend or whatever and said, oh, I get it. One artifact. Personally, what I love to find is um, canning lids with the porcelain cap, because now, of course, they're a metal band and a metal lid with that rubber thing. Well, canning before, they had a beautiful porcelain lid um, that they would cap in and, and then band it with, a, with a, a metal cap. And sometimes you would find one, sometimes you'd find the other. The best is when you see that cap, you flip it over and that porcelain canning, um, a cap lid, if you will, is, is still um, in place. And I immediately think of my grandma and there you go. Life is good. So those are the two things. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Jessica. All right. <laughs> Wrap up rapid five. What is your favorite daily habit? <laughs> Coffee and the morning news and whatever is on um, TLC. Oh, we might have to talk about 90 Day Fiance offline. 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> the other way. The other um, way, pillow talk. <laughs> um, okay, what are three things you'd bring to a deserted island? Um, hiking boots with paracord laces, um, tweezers, and um, I have a book of lists that um, I, it's a big, big book of lists um, that I would bring. Love it. Hey, what, okay. What is your favorite environmental policy? Um, the clean, um, the clean air act. Great. Started and in 1993 and then it has expanded, obviously had amended many times. <laughs> what is your favorite fauna or flora? Um, um, uh, well, uh, I guess uh, native pollinators. And uh, for an environment, I love the desert, the high desert. It's quiet, it's clean. <laughs> and uh, finish this sentence or thought. Wouldn't it be cool if? Wouldn't it be cool if every global resident had safe access to food, water, and shelter? Potable water. Love it. Thank you so much, Emery. Thank, Thank you, you for coming and sharing. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a new podcast, it really helps us if you share with friends and colleagues that may enjoy this podcast as well. And please subscribe or follow the podcast to be alerted for new episodes. Also, if you want to submit a shout out, please send a voice memo under a minute, uh, ideally to podcast with an S at C-A-L-I-F-A-E-P dot org. Again, that's podcast 
at C-A-L-I-F-A-E-P.org or any feedback that you'd like to share. We love feedback. Thank you.